Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Malala. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Stoffer joining you. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitech. 630 Chad uses Digitech for their copiers, their printers, and their service is excellent. They now sell supplies for all brands and printers at big savings. Digitechsupplies.ca. In studio, along with Brendan Ulrich, this is Oilers Now, coming up on today's edition of the show. Uh, well, heading off to the NHL draft tomorrow in Dallas. We'll be there all week. The director of player personnel heavily involved in the Oilers scouting Bob Green coming up at 105 on today's edition of Oilers Now, along with John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. And uh, we'll get some of John's thoughts uh, on maybe some potential moves that might be occurring in and around the draft. We'll talk about some lists that have occurred over the last four hours or so. And oh, by the way, Canada, the United States, Mexico, a United 2026 bid, the World Cup taking place. In fact, spoiler alert, England is currently playing Tunisia. No score. Seven minutes into the match. But Stephen Sandor, longtime uh, Edmonton soccer media pundit, he will join us today at 1.35 to talk about the potential impact of hosting the World Cup with games in Canada, what Canada needs to do to build a uh, far more competitive team. It's been a long time, what, since 1986, since Canada was actually in the World Cup, and whether or not Edmonton is indeed going to end up getting uh, some games in the eventual tournament. Here is how you get hold of us. You can reach us on our Oilers Now hotline, 780-496-0063. It's brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. They have blood, sweat, and tears with Bobice June 29th, as well as Nazareth, the greatest Scottish rock band of all time. That takes place August 10th. You can email the show, Oilers Now, at 630Ched.com. You can text us at 630-630 for Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson out at Westlock Ford. Check out the great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stauffer, and tweet Brendan at Brendan Ulrich. Reminder, uh, Mark Spector, by the way, will be in studio tomorrow. 
with Brendan Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta live racing Saturdays at Northlands Park. Brendan, how you doing? Not bad, Bob. Thank little you. Little down after Germany lost yesterday, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that Still, was a little uh, bit of a surprise. Uh, Mexico ran at them pretty hard early. I don't think there's any question. They dissected them open, created some scoring opportunities, and as that game wore on, the Mexicans probably should have won two or three nothing. They had lots. Uh, that was a highly entertaining game. Both teams kind of going for it. Of course, the Germans, the reigning World Cup champions in soccer after blowing out Brazil 7-1 in the semifinal back in 2014. And, you know, it's interesting, Brendan, when you when you think of Germany. They bombed out of the 2000 Euro. They placed a great emphasis on skill development, added a bunch of certified coaches and pushed people to get more involved in training and bringing their, uh, you know, having better education and training for their younger players. A lot like what happened with Canada in 1998, after Canada did not win the first ever best-on-best gold medal event in the Olympics, and uh, since then, of course, Canada winning in 2002, 2010, 2014, focus and emphasis on skill. And so I would not write the Germans off, uh, though I think you got to give Mexico credit. They had a lot of... uh, they had a lot of movement going, a lot of speed going during the course of uh, great uh, counterattack during the course of that game. Brendan, thanks for filling in on Thursday and on Friday. Uh, obviously, uh, as some of you, if you've been listening to the show, are well aware of. I uh, attended the Claire Drake uh, Celebration of Life on Thursday. It was great to to catch up with. So in some cases, I hadn't seen some of the guys from some of the teams that I did games for, 89 and 92 at the U of A, uh, for 20 to 25 years. I know I bumped into Dan Weeb out of Fairview, Alberta, former Quebec Nordiques drive choice. I hadn't seen him since he had hair. That was a long, long time ago. So uh, it was a great conversation there. And... Uh, And then we did the golf tournament uh, on Friday out at the ranch. Special thanks to Murray McCourt and the staff out at the ranch for taking care of us. It was a a super time. Wherever we went, hockey talk, hockey talk, hockey talk. And speaking of hockey talk, uh, you had Elliot Friedman on the show. Friedman brought to you by our friends at the River Creek Resort and Casino. And he had some pretty interesting perspectives on Milan Lucic, of which I will add some additional comments after this clip. I don't know if there's anything really new. I think the only thing is is that I just wonder if, um, you know, he starts the year next year in Edmonton and, you know, they say to him, Milan, the the best thing that you could do for yourself and us if you really want to leave is you show up in great shape and you play unbelievable hockey and that makes you attractive to other teams. Now, I've said that the Oilers uh, seem confident based on what I heard secondhand. I think what is also, I think they've made it clear that they're not giving up a ransom just to get rid of the contract. Like this is not something where they're going to do make a, a ridiculous deal just to say, okay, we're we have Milan Lucic off the books. Um, I think we're in a situation where they are absolutely saying we're going to be careful, we're going to be smart, and that's it. And just because Milan Lucic may want to go, we're not in a situation where we feel we have to do it. All right, so that's Elliot Friedman uh, joining us on Friday's edition of Oilers Now. 
There have been some ridiculous suggestions out there over the course of the last 72 to 96 hours. One of the comments was that uh, the Edmonton Oilers would need to include a player like, yes, a Paul Yarvey to induce uh, an, another NHL organization to take Lucic's contract. Uh, Larry Brooks, and this, you know, it, it's funny. You have some older writers, some of whom work very hard, uh, but maybe don't fundamentally grasp all concepts that are out there, uh, including things like the salary cap and, you know, analytics and those sort of things. Larry Brooks put a suggestion in the New York Post. Brendan, I don't know if you saw this on on Sunday, suggesting that uh, Jeff Gordon had had a conversation about Milan Lucic and if the orders were to include Leon Dreisaitl, you know, and, you know, maybe something could happen. And then he threw that around, the suggestion, while, well, you know, they got Brady Shea. A left shot defenseman, a second pairing defenseman, at you know, a guy can skate. It's just ridiculous. It's pretty simple what's going to happen here, okay? Either Milan Lucic returns to Edmonton or he gets moved in a hockey deal. Do the Oilers add uh, an enticement on top of that to get Lucic off the books? No. No. Because logic dictates that Lucic is going to bounce back and have a much better start to next year than he did to the second half of uh, last season where he scored just one goal in the final uh, 46 games. So I, I just, I, some of us, it, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, this is the very thing that got teams like Minnesota and Florida in trouble with Vegas, is they overthought it. And in Lucic's case, absolute worst-case scenario. Okay, absolute worst case scenario. You bring him back, and he doesn't move the needle anymore. Okay, well, then you're going to have to make a hard fiscal decision at the end of next season. But do you let the six million in that situation affect the other eighty million moving forward, or do you just go ahead and make the hard decision? But you got to give the guy a chance to bounce back. He had half of a bad year. That's it. He was actually basically on a 20-goal, 55-point pace until Christmas last season. And again, he said it's 90% mental. So if he's saying that, that means it's on him to get that mental aspect of his game. And as a rule of thumb, when a player struggles in that regard, right, Everything else gets magnified. And when the team loses, it makes it worse. Things can change. If he comes back, if he's in a positive frame, which he should be, and that's partially the responsibility of his agency, Jerry Johansson, to get him in the right spot. And if he gets off to a good start and the Oilers are winning, sometimes the experience of the player differs as well. So, um, you know, people can talk about Peter Shirelli and the Edmonton Oilers selling Milan Lucic. I got news for you. It's my belief that was a two-way street, that Lucic did a little bit of selling as well. So he had half of a bad year. The easy thing to do would just be to walk from the situation. Maybe there's a trade there. Maybe. And conversely, maybe there's not. And if there's not, it's incumbent upon the Oilers and Lucic to get it going moving forward. And if it can't after another year, then you're having a different conversation. But what you're not doing is saying, oh, here, you take, if you take Lucic, we'll give you Paul Yarby. And I mean, come on. Dreisaitl, their second best player? That's your suggestion? Uh, it's hard to believe the guy's a Hall of Fame writer. Just, it just 
defies logic to me. Uh, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers Now. Drake Kajula Friday was on Oilers Now with Brendan Ulrich. He's excited to be back for two more years. You know, when I was doing the whole free agency thing a couple of years ago, I I chose Edmonton for a reason. I, I thoroughly believe in the organization and, and the team that we have. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to being back for two more years to, you know, get get us back on the right track again. And, um, you know, being able to get the contract uh, done early in the summer, it, it allows me to just, you know, focus on, uh, you know, the things I need to do to get better for next season and, and uh, find a way to prepare myself as best I can for next year. All right, that is uh, the Edmonton Oilers' Drake Kajula. As we discussed, Brendan, on Friday's show, I mean, from my perspective, uh, Kajula's been given tremendous opportunity through his first two years in Edmonton. I don't think he can argue for uh, a better chance or better placement or where he's been slotted in the lineup. Uh, he's been up and down, and he's he's got to be more productive. Uh, that said, he's still a relatively inexperienced player. And the one thing that's interesting for me is there's been real progression with Kajula third year in junior A, third year at North Dakota. So maybe third year at the NHL, he becomes that 20-goal scorer that the Oilers are hoping for. Uh, you know, And if that's the case, he's playing in the Oilers' top six or in their top nine at minimum and providing some secondary scoring punch, which they could greatly need because they didn't have enough of that during the course of last season, partially because of a guy like Lucic, who scored, again, one goal in the final 46 games. So. Well, I think a lot of it with Drake last year was, uh, you know, confidence, Bob. And I think there were, there, you know, lofty expectations for him in his uh, second year coming off a pretty solid rookie year. And uh, I, I think that the line shuffling throughout the season didn't do him any favors as well. I think if you could play him with Strom for most of the season on the third line role and they find some consistency year long, that'll be good for him. Maybe you can get the 20 goals. All right. Uh, this text comes in from Tyler. He says, Bob, is there any chance, text us at 630-630 on our Westlock Ford text line. He says, is there any chance on the Oilers getting in on the bidding for Eric Carlson if Ottawa decides to put him on the trade block? I believe that Eric Carlson, uh, the Oilers would be challenged to sign Eric Carlson to a long-term extension. And frankly, at this stage of the game, and I've mentioned this before on this show, I'd be a little bit, I think the Oilers need to focus on their drafted and developed uh, players. And those are the guys that you buy in and build your leadership core around. I get it. Eric Carlson is a tremendous talent. Uh, if I was Eric Carlson, I'd be looking for a new opportunity too. I could see the New York Rangers being having the assets and the wherewithal to land an Eric Carlson. I think the Rangers have got three first-round picks in this year's draft. Um, They've got a couple decent young prospects coming, and they've also got some mid-range players. So, you know, theoretically, Ottawa could end up getting, um, for the sake of argument, a, a player, you know, a prospect, and then maybe a first and a second or something like that. So, in my opinion, uh, I, I, you know, I just don't – I could see Carlson wanting to play in a place like New York and then signing the long-term deal there. And I think we've seen the orders have brought in two higher-profile free agents over the last three years. One, because they felt they needed some immediate help on defense. Andre Sekera, of course, everybody's hoping that he can bounce back. And the other is Lucic. And I just I, I don't see how the Oilers could get in the game on Carlson. And frankly, I'd be I'm not convinced necessarily that he'd sign a long-term extension here. I think he wants to probably play out East. And the other thing is, if he's in a Canadian market like Ottawa and he's looking for a change, I think there might be a few too many similarities between Edmonton and Ottawa. 
Uh, it takes a special type of player to appreciate playing in a Canadian market, and Canadian markets are great, especially when you're winning, but they can be tough when you're losing because there's no hiding in a Canadian marketplace. Let's not also forget that there's a pretty substantial uh, Swedish figure already with the Rangers organization named Henrik Lundqvist, who could be a potential recruiter. Now, what what that could end up meaning is if the Rangers, say, hypothetically uh, got in on Eric Carlson, where would Shattenkirk go? And that's a good question, because I, I believe all along he wanted to play in the East, too. So for what it's worth, those are my feelings on that. I just I, I don't think you throw stuff against the wall on Carlson because I don't think it's long-term feasible. And if anything, I think you're better off breeding your own players internally in your organization and having them uh, grow up in it. I think they're better suited long-term to handle the challenges and the uniqueness of how great playing in a Canadian market can be. That's one guy's impression. Again, you can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now. When we come back, we'll get to some thoughts on the upcoming draft, and uh, we'll get to NHL today as well, or as a trade. Surprise, Friday night. We'll talk about that when we return on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Popped into uh, Ruth's Chris by the way, 1224 at Edmonton uh, Saturday night for a Father's Day event. It's fantastic. Let's get to NHL today. It is brought to you by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. Here's Brennan Ulrich. Well, Bob, you were talking about that trade before the break there. Of course, a bit of a a shocker in my mind. The uh, Habs trading Alex Galchenyuk to Arizona for Max Domi. The Habs are then signed Domi to a two-year contract worth $6.3 million. To me, Arizona wins this trade hands down, Bob. Uh, Who do you think comes out on top? I think it's a setup for another deal for the Canadians. I think they wanted to shed a little bit of money to be poised to attack. I think they're going to go after Ryan O'Reilly and Paul Stastny. O'Reilly for a trade and Stastny in free agency to address their center issue. Uh, on the face value, player for player, I think that uh, Galchenyuk's got a higher upside than Max Domi. I think Max Domi scored like four of his nine goals last year in an empty net. Interesting. Yeah, I think Galchenyuk just flourishes in Arizona getting out of uh, Montreal there. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Dave Tippett, by the way, has been named as a senior advisor for the group bidding for an NHL expansion franchise in Seattle. Well, his name's been out there. A lot of people had him connected with Carolina at one point with Tom Dundon, who uh, sort of grew up around the Dallas hockey circles. Um, Interesting stuff with Dave Tippett. Uh, That'll take him potentially out of the mix for... uh, for maybe some NHL jobs as a midterm replacement somewhere. I think Dave's, we'll, we'll see what happens with Dave Tippett. Uh, I know this, Mark Lamb, 
will not be very far away if there's a job to be had for Dave Tippett in the Seattle organization. You can text us at 630-630. Brendan, what did you think of the uh, tweet that went out this morning with some, well, you know, potential makeup of a top 10 list for the upcoming draft. Well, it's interesting seeing Zadina all the way down at number 9, Bob, and uh, I believe you swapped a Dobson and Kakaniemi, so you have Montreal now taking Kakaniemi. Yeah, that's so here's here's what I had. I went number 1, Darlene. Uh, number 2 is Fetchnikov. I moved Kakaniemi up. Uh, number 3 to the Montreal Canadiens. Dobson, number 4, um... I believe the head scout for Ottawa is based in Dobson's uh, region. So I've got Dobson going to the Senators. He's also a right shot. And oh, by the way, who might Ottawa be trading? Oh, yeah, that's right. A right shot by the name of Eric Carlson. Uh, I got uh, Brady Kachuk, Arizona number five. Hughes played for Jeff Blashill with Detroit's organization, the uh, World uh, Championships at number six. Evan Bouchard going number seven to Vancouver. Wallstrom, because I think if Chicago has a choice between a Czech and an American, they'll go with the player that's uh, uh, going to the NCAA. To, uh, and so Wallstrom at eight. I got Zadina at number nine to the Rangers. And that leaves Edmonton one of the following four players. Ty Smith, Barrett Hayton, uh, Vitalik Kraftsoff, and Adam Boquist. And Judging by your responses on Twitter, and there's been a lot, uh, a lot of you want Adam Boquist, even though not many of you have seen him play other than a couple games at the U18s. Uh, personally, I, I look at Hayton and Smith in terms of uh, the hockey sense they possess, intelligence, competitiveness, and skating ability. I think it's going to be hard for the Oilers to pass. If those other nine guys are gone that I all listed, one through nine, I think it's going to be hard for them to pass on either Heighton or Smith at 10, for what it's worth. All right, 128 in Edmonton. This is Oilers now. John, check that, 1228. John Shannon is coming up at 1235 after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.